Welcome back to Gear and Beer. Kind of. Kind, gear and beer and wine and tacos and uh, the source of all life, that is water. We've all had some water. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a fully hydrated crew. Today we have the Primus of Pittsburgh, Mr. Ford Thurston. Thank you. Give it up for Ford. We've got, as nice. usual, twisting and tweaking, Lyndon McCarty on guitarty. He's got fingers. And special guest, Mr. Dallas, Texas himself, Lance Lopez. In the house. Right. Rocking right. guy on the couch duty. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Glad it's to be here. The second ever guy on the couch on the Gear and Beer podcast. Oh, this has happened before. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Boo Massey was here for episode 11 of Matt Krause. And he was also the first ever guest on this podcast. Oh, wow. We, uh... No one else has interesting enough friends to want to do it, is what that you're saying. Well, so I, I don't even know, you know? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's obvious just, to me. That we need a little Lopez up in the show, you know, the... <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Whatever that means. I like the emphasis. I like your emphasis, uh, em- emphasis on those yeah. syllables. Yes, yeah, I, 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 like th- I think that we're off to a good start. Um, I don't even know what time it is, but it's yeah. way later than when you guys first arrived. Yeah, right. We've uh, the latest we're, start we're, award. This guy makes the filet mignon of tacos. Let me tell you right now. It's tacos the, mignon. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. The primus of tacos. It is the primus of tacos. Mm-hmm. In case life. nobody knows what primus is, I'm going to link that in the show notes. And I don't mean the I don't mean the amazing band from decades past. I don't want to sound like I'm jumping on the bandwagon because oh great, everyone talks about doing mushrooms a lot now. You know, it's like microdosing. Everywhere you go, did you, you microdose? Are you before microdosing? You came? Are you microdosing? <laughs> You no, macrodosed on tacos. I, I don't know if taking a quarter ounce of mushrooms and going and seeing Primus is microdosing, but... No, it isn't. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> I've that, never done that. I was the Primus at the Primus show. Let's Man, just say that. Right. I haven't seen Primus since I was 14. Wow. Wow. It was at... Do you remember the DMC, Lance? Of course. It was at the DMC. Wow. I, it was the first show I ever went wow. to. My buddy bought me a ticket for my my 14th birthday. Wow. And I just remembered that I was like, you know what? I'm 14. I think I should probably go mosh with these adults. <laughs> and somebody punched me in the stomach, and I threw up immediately, which was a, something that's never happened to me before or since. Wow. wow. A punch, immediate throw up. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know if I. I don't you know. Should have done some mushrooms. Been better. Maybe that was the problem. That Maybe I had problem. not done nearly a, the amount of drugs <laughs> appropriate for the yeah, yeah. endeavor that I was undertaking. Wow. Um, you know, but that's okay because. Well, I'm sorry you, you had to go learn. through that, Robert. That's a yeah. terrible situation. It was awesome. So uncool. <laughs> you probably saw, wait. You know what though? I had you, a great. You time. know, Robert probably already had a beard then though. <laughs> That's why they punched you. They thought this this right. guy's definitely a vape. Who is this old man? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's incredible. This is going to be an awesome podcast. But as I often do, He's twenty. Come I'm on, go ahead and bitch now about all the editing that I'm going to have to do with camera <laughs> angles. Incredible. I'm going. I'm going to hey, buy new software just for this. Yeah. I yeah. You know, I uh, am not good at video editing. Oh wow! Yet here we are. Here, Here we are, Ford Thurston doing on the Gear and Beer. It, Welcome it, wow. back to Gear and Beer. Plus one. Um, you no, know, I just just Gear and Beer. Okay. This cool. man may not be into beer, but he knows gear. That's true. 
But you and, are and from Dallas or Texas, and that would be gear and steer, maybe. Um, no? Maybe. Oh, I just It's dumb. really tough to say. Yeah. Because just because people are from Texas, and let me break this down for you. So, like, in Texas, they have cattle. Right. But they also have uh, neighborhoods. Right. That, that's correct. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Oh, those. very familiar There's with also Texas. buildings. And Do they have that in, in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is like, yeah, you know what? It's buildings and cities. And you guys out. make butter up there and stuff, oh, right? Man, There's like Quakers and whatnot. <laughs> Dude, it's just so much nicer than Texas when you get there. Farm bread? <laughs> I bet it's way nicer in Texas from about <laughs> May <laughs> to October. Right. Yeah. And yes. then it gets to like November and you're like, you know, you get in your car and you're all pissed off because it's like... Uh, your windshield wipers are stuck to the ice on your windshield. It's like and Game of Thrones. You're stuck outside. to your seat and you're you're sawing your shoulders are up like this because you're shaking and trembling and you're going, I have to go to work for eight hours and I'm going to be and then you got to get out and scrape your thing and, and and this is now this is the musician way to clean a windshield for all you uh, non-northern people. When you don't have a windshield scraper, you want to make sure you still have a CD player so that you have the compact disc. <laughs> That's the scraper. Dude, I, I broke so many of those in Chicago. Right. You're Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about yeah. then. The he was describing having to dig cars in and out of parking Oh, dude, it, like, because yeah. I worked in a wedding band, like, right. one in the morning. Right. I'm in a suit. I have to yeah. dig into a temporary spot, go get, yeah. go dig into the permanent spot yeah. that's, like, half a mile away. And you're looking for the CD parking. you don't care about dude, so much. You're oh like, I don't really care about this... Uh, this old Judas Priest CD or, or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, perhaps yeah. the Butthole Surfers. Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> we have to rate and see which CD we go with. Snow is to be visited. Yes. Comment your CD of choice Why for not windshield use a, scraping. Yeah, you should be using some type of winter collection of music uh, CD scraper. Or oh, yeah, like some Trans-Siberian. Yes. You know. uh, uh, absolutely. Some Mannheim steamroller. Yes. I agree 100%. You don't know hey. anything about it. So, uh, knows nothing about I, it. I stopped you a minute ago, right before we started. You were about to tell a story about playing with Bernard Purdy, if oh, I'm not yeah, mistaken, right. in Pittsburgh. I, I would like to hear that story, and I can only imagine that our listeners and viewers all 16 of them would like to hear it as well. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I grew up playing with a, a woman named Barbara Blue, and she's uh, this woman that she's... she's Barbara Blue Bland? Basically, Close. man, she's the real deal. But she, she, she uh, she's like yeah, really good friends with Taj Mahal, Marsha Ball, and all these people. And, oh, okay. And I grew up playing with That's her. Pretty we'd, always, we'd play on blues festivals. Like when I was... She, she hired me when I was really young. I was like... She used to call me the young Ford Thurston, you know what I mean? And, and last time I saw her, I was like, I played a gig with well when I played that gig I said can can we go with the young, young? Ford can we call with the young no, that, that didn't work no more so <laughs> she uh, she called me and uh, she said hey do you, are you gonna be home in Pittsburgh for Christmas I said yeah I'm gonna be home and uh, she said well do you want to do a blues gig uh, we're gonna do a little reunion gig and you're like uh, hell yeah and I was like yeah yeah you know but like I was kind of like you know I had just got done doing a record and uh, you know I, I you know we we're doing with COVID and all that stuff not that I was really crazy about being afraid of that kind of stuff but so much but I I was like kind of like at Christmas time I try to like just hang out with my family and chill being that we do live in Nashville I get that so I go and I'm like why is Bernard Purdy Purdy sitting behind that drum kit right now she goes well that's who's playing drums for us tonight (laughs) what's like what is going on right now right and and she had told everybody but me and I don't regular my Facebook and the place was like you couldn't breathe I mean it was like of five thousand people in a trash bag, it was crazy, right? So, like, that sounds moist. It was really, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really crazy though, because it's like I knew that the guy didn't listen to anything she that she sent him. 
So he was just flying by the seat of his pants. Now, we we're playing shuffles and this and that. It was all good. But there were some songs that had like little things. And he was just kind of faking his way through it. But it was weird, like, nothing, you know, he's a human being. He's just like the rest it's, of us. I mean, but if it's just a blues gig yeah. and you're yeah, not, right. you it, just simplify yeah. the arrangement and you can get well, call tunes that would be easy. He does it. But I, there's a video out there where, like, literally I'm right up on him on the kit and it's... uh. We, I did a solo and I made the bass player. I said, cut out, stop. So it was, it was, a, it was a, a second line thing. And I was right by his hi-hat. And he was like, ha-ha, doing his thing. <laughs> oh, doing, yeah. the bar, doing the whole thing. Birdie. I was doing the thing and we solo. We, we, it was like a two and a half minute long thing. And it did it. And like it was so awesome. And after the show, he gave me a hug. It was awesome. It was like. It was incredible. That's it was dope. amazing. And I was like, Pretty dude. Birdie. Anybody else in this room play with Bernard Purdy? Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. But I, I got the, there was times when I got the feel and you knew uh, w- why he is who he is. Like you know, what I mean, because it's hard when you're just like on some bar gig. But there was moments I was playing. I was like, oh, I totally get it. You know? Well, you know, he's just one of many people throughout history, amazing musicians that find their way into their own thing mm-hmm. and they find their totally. sound. And uh, in the instance, like. Two drummers that come to mind for just having a, such a unique sound on recordings, uh, past and present, would be Purdy and Keith Carlock. Yeah, yeah, he's so bad. Keith Carlock oh, is on so many different kinds of recordings yeah. in the last 15, 20 years, but you can always pick There's just a certain like energy yeah. to his playing as, as well as their their you know vocabularies that yeah. are unique to them as well. He's so he's amazing, and that's that's what I you know it, it's possible to both really sound like yourself and play all styles of music yeah. stylistically appropriate. Yeah. And those are my favorite kind of yeah, right, right. And, that, and that's where Purdy would sit, and that's definitely where Keith Carlock mm-hmm. sits, just from a drummer's I've seen Carlock you know? a few different times, like New York City, and I've seen him in Pittsburgh, actually, years ago. He was really a long while ago. And I, I remember seeing it going, knowing that that guy was amazing. It was like, there oh. is a two-set uh, at the Iridium, Wayne Krantz, Tim LaFave, Keith Carlock from early to mid-2000s. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link it in the show notes. That is some musical insanity of the highest. It's like three dudes who are they're, – they're all on like – uh, optic links brain to brain musically. It's crazy. And they are straight up blasting off to outer space. And it is a little out, but I th- I think that it still, it is so, there's so much energy to what they're doing that it lends itself to someone who wouldn't typically in, you know, engage in that kind of a musical scenario. It's like I, I try to like comprehend just one eighth of one percent of one idea of one of those guys because they're so like that's not really. But what, it's not so much an idea. It's more about like speaking the language. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like it, you know, know. It, in Spanish, it's really easy to say I love the library. Right, right. But if you don't know how to do that, then you can't recognize any right. of the sounds and so you know saying, what i'm yeah. saying so it's like yeah. i took a uh, a lesson with oz noy one time is one of my favorite i had somebody players. did that too and he said it was crazy it was awesome he's showing you some nutty stuff you're like Whoa. well and I, he's like he's like this is how it's gonna go bring something to video record uh we're not gonna spend a lot of time playing like i will we'll play for a minute i'll kind of 
yeah. get a feel for where you are mm-hmm. as a player. And then we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, and we'll, I'll tell you what I think mm-hmm. and whatever. And you just video record it, and we'll spend – we, I was there for like two hours, right. and we did the lesson, and I, we did all that stuff, and like we were playing. And I was like, man, I'm just really like I, – I, I like jazz, but I just uh, – you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time like uh, l- listening to these lines and like, uh, you know – processing it and being able to replicate it he's like he's like uh well you obviously just don't know the language he's like yeah i can tell by the way that you play over these changes you don't know the language of bebop you just have to literally just tr- take the time Not and sit and there it. and and learn it and i've I'm, I'm a lot better at it these days that's crazy but there's there's so fewer applications here in nashville that, than there are for mm-hmm. in dallas for right. things like that so i don't get to work on it i right. have to like like really try to put those scenarios together and for a, a good six months every sunday over here in this same space me and uh buddies were getting together and we were we were we were jamming just right. standards and right. like straight ahead standards it's, i got a lot better in that time it's it's really weird but like um with what's going on with like uh internet guitar and, and this and that my latest mental approach this to, and that is a that's a prime that's an inadvertent primus reference yes continue <laughs> What I've really been thinking about and, and striving for is finding a way to do nothing and just sound, no, worried about, I'm, I'm more focusing on my sound um, with what I do personally, with like what I do for myself. It's like, it's almost like, okay, diatonic. I'm, I'm best at, I'm best at simple guitar. No, no bullshit. Like I'm, I'm best at simple guitar and melodies with just a little bit of blues and I like themes, and I like songs, and I like little trinkets. I I I grew up listening to pop music, and my 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 jazz and fusion back, back fusion background was really like I grew up listening to Wired from Jeff Beck, and I had guitar shop. But I liked um, I, I would have Alan Holsworth Metal Fatigue. I listened to that record like crazy, but I never learned any of it. I would just listen to it. Yeah, I hear you on that. Because I couldn't learn yeah. it. Oldsworth. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I mean, it was let, crazy. Let, let, let me see your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, hands you, like, you know, hey, I'm about to say, you're missing about three gonna, inches of finger. Wait, wait, wait. Since we're on Holdsworth, we have to tag this video, which I'll get to you. I'm at NAM 2013 or 14. I'm working for Rocket Pedals. Um, I was supposed to be Chris, Chris Van Tassel. You have to tag him in this. He hires me to come to the LA NAM show to premiere his new pedal on Saturday for I would do it for premiere guitar I was going to be his demonstrator for the video they sent around you know to do videos for all these companies and um, these old friends I, I knew from high school showed up out there on Friday on the night before on Friday and lo and behold everyone goes out and has these lavish dinners and whatnot and I uh, go out with them. It's very Nam. Yes, yeah. very Nam. Nam dinners. We go out and get lamb basted and just, I miss. Fully Nam marinated. True Nam fashion. I miss the video shoot, right? And I just, I'm just like, I can't even, I don't even know what to do. Like, this is the whole reason why I'm here. So I, I go in. Van Tassel, rightfully so, was so upset. He was so upset. But he's such a sweet guy. He he did kind of let me off the hook, but I could tell he he he, he showed me that I was wrong without having to be completely out of control because we were still at work, right? So, And then that happens, and Chris had done the demo. And then all of a sudden, Alan Holdsworth comes to our booth. 
So I'm sitting there and I have a little looper going. I'm playing like this, like little country stuff. And Holdsworth's sitting there and uh, he's with a son and a daughter and all three of them were intoxicated uh, for sure. Right. And I'm sitting there and um, I heard him say that he needed a drink. Right. So he takes my guitar and he plays a little bit and it's amazing. It's like he picks oh, sure. it up and just blah, blah, blah. Right? His, he unfolds his fingers and starts playing. <laughs> he's like, yeah. his he rolls man. He's got a crank glance. He's like, exactly. So he, I go up to him. I'm like, Hey, you need a drink. And I said, well, if you I'll buy you a drink. And then the camera goes on and he puts his arm around me and goes, this is Fort Thurston. He's the greatest guitar player I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> and then it's cut. No, go get me that drink. All that for a drink. <laughs> and I have this video of Alan Holdsworth with his arm around me and I'm like, oh, Alan, you're so nice. <laughs> oh, I can't take that from you. That's pretty ridiculous. amazing. So then, so then uh, later after that happens, um, I'm there demonstrating these pedals and this guy in a black suit walks up and he's like, hey, we've been hearing about you. And I'm like, yeah, who are you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, listen. Like, we're security. You're going to have to leave. He looked like, yeah. he was like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard you. We heard you touched Alan Holt. No, no. yeah. You got to get you out of here. You gave Alan a drink. He just got out of rehab. <laughs> and his son. So then this guy's got this black suit. He looks like he's in uh, the Matrix or something. And uh, he goes, well, uh, we'd like to take you to dinner later. And I'm like, well, this is pretty serious, right? So. I find out that it's like the one of the head guys of Harmon Carden, which is like a $300 million company or something at the time. Uh, rest their soul, they got bought by Samsung. But so they take oh. me to dinner and they're like, yeah, we want a guy like you that's kind of a little nutty that plays some guitar and not like the serious, you know, retired guy, blah, blah, blah. We want a Nashville guy. And they gave me this great job and I just traveled around the uh, country or the world, actually. They, they gave me like a, they gave me like a no ending black whatever card that is like it you could just do it anything you wanted right so it's like go to norway take everybody to dinner go club and stay at like the five four seasons whatever five seasons and just do whatever and it would just expense you know what i mean and, but i was doing A my very job corporate expense card it was crazy <laughs> but the company was it was really working because i was making their content and everything was going great and then uh and then i got the call that samsung had bought digitech and buried the company and right now they're just like I think Digitech's just on a pallet somewhere in Korea where they take orders and it just gets sent. But God bless Tom Cramp because he had brought that company back. And uh, I'm sorry, Chris Van Tassel. And I love you, Alan Holdsworth. (laughs) There you go. Well, there you have it. See you next time on Gear and Beer. Beer and Wine. wine. Uh, That's pretty crazy. So, uh, you know... This is a podcast. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to be too super interviewee, but like, yeah. did did you did you come from like a musical family or background, or did you just like you were walking through the mall one day and you heard Led Zeppelin? You're like, yeah. No. So my uh, the guy who raised me, my stepfather, he, he him and his brother both played, and uh, I mean, he raised me since I was my my father was a Vietnam casual, not casually, but he. Mentally, I mean, because you know, he's cool now, but like he just kind of disappeared after sure after the thing. And then my my stepfather was like stepped in when I was really young, very young, and he uh he was really into music, and he had a record collection that had like all the Hendrix vinyls and Jimi Hendrix, and you had your Jeff Becks. That's how I vinyls of had JoJo Gunn, and you had the first uh you know you had your um, um Deep Purple records and all this and that and record player, and 
without a doubt, by the time I was like six years, five years old, I already knew. I literally already knew what I was going to do. There was no question. I was already playing air guitar, or I thought I was a drummer, like in the stereo window, you'd be playing it and playing drums, and then Rush came out, and the first Boston record. Right, right above Lance is an amazing Rush poster. Yeah, we yeah, saw that. Very amazing. We were, we were, we were... The double, double, double. We were incredible. Yeah, I mean that is a badass picture. It's a great, it's a great print. Uh, you know, you know, Portnoy wants to play for them. He's like, if you, I heard that. I could see that happening. I we kill Ray. That does not happen. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, 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 I thought there you are, were going there. There are any number. <laughs> yeah. I, you were just I talking about Carlock. What about Carlock? Well, let me rephrase yeah, that. Get like let, a bat, not like a metal drummer. Welcome back to opinions and beer with Robert. Moore. No, hang on. I think I think I'm I think I'm about to walk this back a little bit. If Mike Portnoy were to just show up and yeah. play the Neil Peart parts, which is really the only way you could do that gig, uh, he's definitely capable of yeah. that if he's playing yeah. Neil's kits. Yeah. Right. His kits don't sound like that. Right. His playing style is not in the same hemisphere right. as they're just. Thank you. Not due to facility or anything like yeah. that. He's just not, they're just not the same player. Well, I, it's like comparing Terry Bozio to Buddy Rich. It's like those guys aren't playing the drums the same. Right. They're both icons, but that doesn't make and they play the same instrument. But that, that's where the similarities end. You know what a complicated original. Uh, what would you say? Uh, innovator, uh, amazing, complete innovator, unbelievable, deep thinking feeling lyricist person then in the end of all that talent the reason why i think they probably came down with the cancer is because of all the loss he dealt with you know his he, daughter anna's same w- wife week, different or was it the same incident or th- i don't know but like i, it, I like think that, what happens he lost them in the in the same few weeks or months yeah i just i think it was several months between it's just it? i yeah, think that yeah. just i think that kind of stuff will cause cancer just like you just go and uh, inability to release and deal with stress or or yeah just like uh not worry but just like how do you like rode a bicycle like Forrest Gump like, around the world? Mo- motorcycle. Not a motorcycle. Yeah, motorcycle. Yeah. Well, at least he's smart enough to do that. I mean, One time was- me and Billy Freeman <laughs> chased what we thought was Neil Peart going from Oklahoma to Austin. <laughs> we were driving from Dallas to Austin That's to Moody right. Coliseum right. to uh, to the Moody whatever mm. to, to see Rush right. on the... Uh, I forget what they were calling. The Time Machine Tour. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I've, got wow. A, I've got a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. That nice. anyway, um, that would look really good on you. I that, wore it in one of the podcasts. <laughs> was that with the washing machines on the stage? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Wow, absolutely. Right. Wow, three. They did things. Were they great? It was. I mean, they were like children, late fifties, and, and they killed Alex Lyson. It's a Alex Lyson along with Dean DeLeo. Yeah. Are the underrated, two most underrated guitar players How, in the history okay, of rock music? Go ahead and write me, or just just uh, do spirit, the Spear of the Radio solo alone. It says so much. It's just, it's it's, it's not even. The so- I think that the thing that's overlooked is the solo could not be any different for that piece of music. It's that's, perf- that's it's I, perfect. I say the same thing for it's every perfect. solo he ever played. It's Absolutely. crazy, man. He rarely took like liberties. Live, I mean. Uh, a couple oh, wait, of times, wait, maybe. Can but. I say this, though? That, that you know people are singing those solos, Rush, so he plays them. Rush was a weird band, though, because when I was really young, and I, I sort of listened to them, like, I had Exit Stage left and all that, and all my friends were going to, like, the Moving Pictures tour, yeah. and I was too young to go. But as a kid, when I'd hear it, because you'd never really, like, okay, 
you have like Genesis. We're talking about early Genesis. Now that's serious prog rock, right? For sure. Now, 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 Rush was like the pop prog, okay? And but even that being said, I'm kind of kind of correlating this to like how my own mind works. Even when I heard that when I was a kid, I was like. I thought everything harmonically was so complex. And then as an adult now, I look at it, I can just hear a Rush song and just go, oh, it's like actually just like first position bar chords. And it's a lot of it's very A lot simple, of rock and roll guitar. But it really rock and roll guitar. But really what's going on though, I don't, I think that I, as a guitar player, I could see that, but I think the bass playing and the drumming, the way they made the dimension of the whole thing, it's quite simple, but and everybody knew how to play and, their parts. And Getty, right. and Getty is also like... Chorus pedals. And like, yeah, yeah. He's, t- he's like hitting loops on yeah. like analog synthesizers right. yeah. and like stuff like, and like holding pads. Right. And sometimes he's playing like key bass yeah. with his left hand and playing synths. But you know what I'm saying though? When, when, like when I heard it years ago, I was like... What are they playing? It just sounded... It's, well, it's the complement of it, the yeah. instruments. It just was uh, so wide sounding. It was like, how can... What is going on? It just sounded... Ama- I mean, you hear the trees, and you're thinking, I can never learn this. <laughs> I will never learn this song. It'd be too hard. Or, or don't, what was the... I used uh, to know so many... YYZ or something. Guitar, and I can't remember any of them. I haven't really? played any of them Man, so I think long. I think King Crimson is the one that like really took it harmonically... Yeah, a little further in, in that you know in that same vein. If we're talking about like early prog bands, mm-hmm. uh, like like I never uh, got. I mean, I've, I know obviously who Robert Fripp Discipline is, is the record Crimson. that comes to mind. I, I, I think, don't. For everybody I never got that. into that band. I didn't. I, I didn't try. They had, they had some great either. records, and they they have just like just like uh, Genesis. They evolved heavily as a right. band from oh, like yeah. the very first. The first album from is the like Peter Gabriel's is like a free jazz record, basically. Yeah. And, and and then like you know further on you go the more refined it gets. Deer and beer. So the guitar that I was playing at the beginning uh, last year, I went to Mexico. Uh, so just for frame of reference, uh, it will not be attached to this podcast, but we did a fun jam that uh, will definitely be posted. Okay. It, you, most of the jams are uh, for Patreon people but this one is not going to be this one's going to be available on youtube this is gonna be youtube this is gonna be so for the, the mass the guitar that i was playing which by the way i've always loved your 330 i've, I've wanted it i've wanted your guitar well, you had that 60 or 59 i have the a, black one no i have or it was a, like a dark burst i have a 60 with a bigsby and i have a 59 stop tail real 59 and i have a tito jackson's we're talking 330s. I have Tito Jackson's 362, 335. <laughs> what? I do. It's seven my pounds. Man, I don't know if you know this, what? Lyndon, but my man Ford over here is a wheeling and dealing vintage guitar yeah, guy. Yeah, man. That's, a, that's factual if you ever, If you ever find Actually. a guitar and you online and you're like, this is a great Lance, deal, and you try Lance, to buy it and Lance, it's not available, I promise Lance you has the best. It. Lance has the best Instagram headshots. It's always like with another guitar. Like, hey, check this out. <laughs> right. And he was like, God damn. That, House that, of Tone this morning. House of Tone. Breakfast time. Yes, check out House of Tone. Um, so, oh, yeah. I was, uh, we'll put a link to whatever that, what, 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 what is that? Uh, yeah. It's just what we call the house. House, yeah. We, don't, we haven't done that yet. So. Oh, you haven't made an actual, how can I put a link if there's not a link? We need Do you to. understand how this works? Yeah, we'll Ford see. Thurston Music and Lance Lopez. Is it music or what is it? Well, guitarist on uh, Instagram. Lance Lopez guitarist. Yeah, all of the Instagram, uh, I, so anyone that watches on YouTube or looks at any of the show notes on any of the podcast apps, I put all the links to the stuff that I say I will 
that I remember and that I hear when I'm editing. Do you remember um, anything? Yeah, I do. And also, I'm, Lyndon Lyndon is making live yeah. notes of things that I say I'm going to link, which is helpful. Impressive. Um, so, you know, depending on how many beers we have, it's better That's than very Spock. sometimes than others. <laughs> very Spock. Impressive. We hit, this podcast has an absolute <laughs> terrible time Impressive. managing GoPro video for sure. All right, so no, hang on. So my point oh. is, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't finish. Everyone, <laughs> shut up. That was the most Robert Miller. Thing <laughs> that was Robert Miller. No, shut up, Thurston. No, hang on. I've got ten more minutes of no, shit. I, no, hang on. I, I did not get to my original point, which oh, was dang. All of I the Instagram wait. handles are in. In all of the show notes, yeah. all of the Instagrams, even Mr. Talk Over Me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all, again, all the links that I say that I'm going to provide, I will. I, we do our best to make sure that we actually get all those in there. And right. these podcasts that usually tend to be one to two hours long. Holy shim slim. Did you know you were running Holy a marathon today, salami. Mr. Holy Ford salami. Thurston? So... Uh, Tito Jackson. Tito Jackson, yeah, he's the guitar. Actually, you know so what? So we were talking know, about Tito Jackson. I lent that guitar recently to Guthrie Trap along with, and you'll like this, I was on a little bird scooter in Portland, and I was passing this this uh, guitar store called Black Book Guitars in Portland, Oregon. And I drive by, and I look in, and I see this little tiny tweed-looking amp, except it's got snakeskin on it. I'm like... That's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Did it belong to Sebastian Bach? Yeah, right. <laughs> I plug into the, the amplifier, and it is stupid, man. And it's got this reverb. What, what is it? Is it like it's a, a Kendrick. I don't even know. Kendrick's, oh, yeah. Kendrick. Gerald Weber from Austin. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lance knows it. But oh, yeah. So so I have had it for a long while, and I just know that the amp has that like really nice, soft bounce feel of like a... It's a 5E3, with, but they're running it on 6L6s. And it's super soft, like it's just like when you go to play, like like we were playing Garage. with these amps. Super soft and amazing, and uh, I knew like uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Sorry. No, Gu- no Gu- Gu- Guthrie's going through like a, a moment where he can't, he's not happy with anything he's, he's hearing. Dude, that sounds like a description of my tonal life. life. Yeah. Well, this all, amplifier all was this, this amplifier fixes everything because. I went to a gig he was doing. Is it squishy like a like a Tweed Deluxe? It's like a Tweed Deluxe, except tighter. a little tighter than that and just better. Headroom like a pro reverb on oh. twenty five watts. Like but but still the tone of a tweed amp and uh so so I showed up yeah, I showed up uh at a gig last week and uh um, the one that you guys did? No, this was the uh, that one. This was a week two weeks later. Okay. And uh, by the I, way, thanks for not telling me about oh. that. I saw it I saw it on Instagram <laughs> the next day. Oh, sorry. So I, I uh went there and um uh Thanks everybody. Set the amplifier up for him to play it. I wish you could and then there. he pulls out another guitar, he goes, Oh, that's cool. I have another amp, you're playing with me tonight and I was like, uh because <laughs> he's a beast, you know. So it was like whatever, it ended up being a blast and of course Lance gets involved. Lance is always killing it. He, uh, did, did you know what you you played on the first night, but you you sang the second night, right? Right, that's correct. Yeah, right, that's right. Correct. I wanted you to play. I was trying to, but um, we're gonna definitely have to get Lance anyways, back over here in the, this chair. The, the Kendrick amp, if you can find one, they're very rare. It's called a gig rig, and it's got the best reverb. And you can find them; they're not that much money, but. I mean, it's like it's like a Tweed Deluxe, a little bit high powered. But I've had a bunch of different uh, Tweed Deluxes that are high powered, and this company and that company. Blah, blah, blah. This is a whole never, other thing. Never quite there. Yeah, this guy just he said he, I talked to him. He said he spent twelve years on it, and it 
I saw him then at the Station Inn this past Saturday. And there was three. Yeah. And he was playing with this like really cool bluegrass, electric bluegrass band kind of band. And there was people in the audience going, that guitar sounds like it's mixed at a studio and it's the amplifier. It's just, it's unbelievable. Now I'm thinking I'm never going to see that amplifier again. That thing. (laughs) There's no way. It's, It's, it's so good. I definitely, so he's been playing it out. Yeah. I'll definitely have to try to catch him. I mean, I'm almost every single day. Right. So it's tough for me to get out. And I don't even know that I would have been able to make your thing. But uh, in the future, you should tell me when you guys are playing guitar nights. Cause well, I, were you playing? I don't know if you know this, but I'm into guitar, and I would were, love to were, see were, you guys play. Well, were you playing that date? I, I mean, I don't know. Oh. I don't remember. I, I found out about it the next he was, day. You were booked. You know you were playing. I probably was. Was it a Monday? Yeah. We should just stick to the fact that Monday? you probably have more money than all of I, us. Yeah, so I, let's, I play two gigs every Monday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, you were working. You're just crushing it. I mean, I don't know if I'm crushing it or not, but... Uh, the I, whole thing with saying you can't make, pl- make money playing in Nashville bars now is so complete. Who is B, saying that? They used to in like 2009, 10-ish. Well, I didn't live here. Complete so lie. You that. can make more money than you could well, with a college degree right now, probably. I, I'm pretty just sure. people making... Three grand a week. Uh, if you have the skills and you can work learn hard, the song you have to learn songs right. or be able to pull up charts and right. read those right, charts right, right, right. and have stylistic framework. There's well, I say that in order to do it at a level that I would call acceptable, mm-hmm. you need to do be able to do those things. Unless you're there, just in the same old. There band, are so. rooms down there where you don't need any of that, right, and right. you can just be, uh, you know, a crazy person, skinny armed, cut off shirt spiky hair and my man and uh you know right you can maybe make the same amount of money if you just but you're saying the charts are necessary when somebody comes up with a hundred dollar tip and you're gonna well that's what i'm saying yeah they're gonna pull out they're gonna say your ability to make money relies upon your ability to pull songs out of your ass for tourists for for money and it's like you know in any group that has musical familiarity. So, like, I, I, I tend to play with the same people. I right. don't really do many right. one-offs. Right. I, just, I, I like to do what I like to do. Sure. Right. I'm going to do those things, and I'm going to... I'm right I, with you on that. Too. I have to say no a lot. I'm also very busy doing other things, just so I can't no. be down there a lot. But I, you know, I... In, in, in a scenario where I'm comfortable musically, and mm-hmm. I... And I, I, I can predict what these people are going right. to do we played a lot of music together right. it makes it that much easier it's just like if i don't know the song i know that this person right here that says they're going to get me through it it's going to give me the information when i need oh, yeah, it I love how that. i need he's it gonna we're going to feed gonna get you the, through they're going to he, he's, he's going to set it up with the feel he's that phoning i need. you yeah the rob, rob music the the he's the guy that uh, the last podcast i released this week you'll be I, this this podcast will come out i, I think three weeks i played with uh this 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 woman she was like she was going to be barbara blue bland no she was like a big star uh in, in the early 2000s jessica andrews and she had like she was like the, the she was the new uh, um, Leanne Rhymes, right? And so I got called. and I did a gig with her and these other country legendary people. And, I, and side I, note, I really Leanne I didn't, Rhymes I didn't chart. I did not chart the uh, the, the songs. And Do I you went, know where Leanne Rhymes is from? Texas, right? Garland, Texas. Oh, there you go. Oh, she's she's great. Okay, you don't like yeah. her? You said. No, I'm saying, she's side a, note, she's incredibly she's underrated. Ma- oh, yeah, she's amazing. Oh, she's she she's is incredible. She's super, one of the best singers and, in the last really 20 cool years. really cool person, too. She's not an asshole at all. So, but uh, I, I don't know her since. No, I, I knew her in I've, I've been on school. gigs where she's been there. She's been really just normal and stuff like that. But uh, I got there, and, and this girl was such a strong musician as a singer that 
the way that she sang, you could just you you could play behind the beat, and every change was just phone to you. You could just it's a six, it's blah blah blah. blah. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're kind of saying with like anyone you're playing with. They can they can phone you, signal you the changes be, with their be, plan. Yes, well that too. So there's there's actually two sides to that. So there's the ability to follow someone giving you changes or being able to use your ear to follow mm-hmm. the changes, but not so much follow the changes as be able to predict them right. from a like a, a standpoint right. of like logic and probability. Yeah, right, right, right. It's just like right. this, you know, well, it's a one, if we're five, playing six, a two four. chord, there's <laughs> probably going to a five chord kind right. of a thing, you know, right, right, right. you know, right. and that's a, a little less standard these days than it was back when there was such a thing that's like a standard mm-hmm. uh, like what would you even call standards from this era it's right. like standard what it doesn't mean standard anymore and now and now means uh you know popular music of the very small moment in an era mm-hmm. it's not like the 40s had us a whole bank of songs that were all kind of like each other they were popular they were the same kind of writers and you have that today but with all the different mediums for people to get music out and ways to consume whether it's youtube or spotify or or whatever it's like those lines are a lot more blurred these days don't you think yes yeah yeah oh my god yeah i'm i for one am thankful i know that the artists get a fuck fucking raw end of the deal a lot of times with you know this this sometimes this the streaming (laughs) and stuff well a lot some artists don't some artists are really smart and and figure out how to work make the six the system work for them after putting in the initial work to become a cog in the system you have to get in the machine to manipulate i think about those people like there's a special gift in their personality that knows how to to be that guy or that girl you know what i mean dude i mean it's say what you will and i haven't even talked to you about this but the guy that you used to play with did that he played the game got in the game and then started doing whatever he wants for for better or for worse you know what i mean and like by the way he's now becoming a movie star i saw that that's and and that but that's networking in itself there too because he he's got some friends that are like really big actors and they would be at gigs and I was smart enough to know that I never said anything. Like, hey, we gotta go to that movie. No, no, just you never said anything. Not a peep. That, I would, I ladies hang, and gentlemen, you heard it here first. I wouldn't say a peep. In fact, they didn't even know that I knew who they were. I mean, it was like you'd have like I'm. I'm gonna think of someone that wasn't there. It'd be like it'd be like if if the dude was there and you're like acting like you don't even know him. Just like, hey, man. So, uh, what are you doing? Do you like music? What's up? You know, I'd be like, hey man, you want a taco? Hey, you want to smoke some weed? You've been like, hell yeah, man. I think now that we're talking about like revenue and musicians and actors, it like the sa- okay, so the same thing that happened to musicians happened to actors, but and screenwriters, people that receive royalties, mm-hmm. uh, which is with all the streaming, streaming happens, right? Yeah, yeah. But actors have and screenwriters have essentially unions. Better they have unions. they have organizations. Yeah. That you know protects them and stuff. They're non-union right. unions, like, essentially. W- like do what a union should do, mm-hmm. right. right? They protected the interests of the people that are members, right, mm-hmm. and of that industry. We don't have. I mean, no. there's not a strong musicians union. It's lame. And we now receive point zero zero four whatever you you know. Yeah, try doing that to the movie industry and see how that. That goes shit ain't over. gonna happen. No, they'd be like they didn't let it. They happen. would go crazy. Yeah. 
and we let it happen and now it's become the the precedent was set you know and it's hard to undo isn't it weird to think that because the music industry and how many artists are musically so much more vast than movies it's way more vast than how many actors there are Mm -hmm. like billions of times bigger than that right how is it possible? Well, the scale is different. I don't think. I, I think know. that there's a lot of actors, but they're. It's not as many as musicians. Everybody plays music, so it's like. Uh, you might be right. It's like, look, how is it possible that we have this big Maybe. army and we're the ones getting fucked? Well, I think and, it's that what, any musician that can throw their shit on Spotify, right? right. Uh, that, that's why it. it you know, if anybody we should just start, make a movie. we should start making pirate iPhone movies with the best story. I'm gonna write like fucking Forrest Gump and well, shoot it on an iPhone. I was just about like, to fuck say, you. The, there like, is a parallel there. Run, like, you can put out terrible sounding music through oh, Spotify, just like you could put out an iPhone right. movie that you edited together in iMovie. Yeah, but if you're the equivalent of a big boy. You know, if you're, uh, unless you're like the Tom Cruise of music, you don't have the leverage to make a living. Talk to anybody that you would call either AAA or like lower tier MLB. Yeah. And those people are like, they're not making what the equivalent of 20, 30 years ago was making. Like not even by, like not even close. Lance. Yeah. Did you ever sell any of those porn movies you used to make? Um, I don't know. I think they kind of got those all. That was back in the VHS days. So Betamax. I think those were all destroyed. Black, and, Deb, and Debbie if they does weren't, lands. nobody has any machines to play them There's with. There's no VHS players anymore, so I'm all good now. I don't even think you can buy one at a Walmart. You might be able to buy one at a Walmart in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> Betamax repairman. That's right. <laughs> And I didn't receive any royalties nor streaming at that time. Oh, no streaming. Uh, Lance, we're definitely going to have to get you back over here to do your own episode. Oh, Absolutely, man. man. I'm, just, I'm glad to be here. I can barely you. see you. There's a red light between a us. Lamp in the I can way. see your hat. It's he a good hat. He was sleeping over there. We're it's got your initials on it. We're boring them. Forgot you guys have like a thousand watts of. So so uh, we're st- Lance Ford and I are sitting underneath direct sunlight. I, I, I'm literally right. getting re- I'm getting pre tanned for Mexico. You guys are getting tans right now. I can see it. <laughs> Lance and me are roommates, and uh, we never knew each other, and it was really weird. Like uh, we met each other about mm, last last spring, yeah. eight months ago. Eight or nine months ago. It's, it's been eight or nine months. Lance, you said you've been here for what, three years? Been, been here three years now. I didn't even know you were here, man. Uh, you're definitely going to have to come over and do a podcast. We'll, I, I, figure, we'll get that scheduled when we're done here. Love to. He's Can't the wait. coolest dude. He uh, just, uh, you know, it's like, it's it's wild because he wears a lot of different hats. But I'd say the hat that he's most known for is, uh, obviously, it's like, you know, it's like blues guitar, but he can do the whole. I thought you were making a fashion joke. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wear different hats. I was like, I was like, <laughs> you wear a lot of different hats. That's a weird thing to say. Now no, I get, and, like, and I'm back. He's got a lot of interesting stories. He's done a lot of things. It's just like it's really weird because like we're buddies, but we don't really go that deep with it. We just kind of just enjoy each other and get along really well, and there's no drama and all. But there's no shortage of jam sessions. Well, we sometimes we do, but uh, okay, for the most part, we're kind of. He, well, he's been busy, and I've been busy, but... Uh, just sorry, hanging. Just it. hanging, but, but uh, just an interesting cat that, that uh, is uh, better than most, period, and secondly, yeah. <laughs> does a lot of different things. He's not... He can do Anson Funderburg or Jimmy Vaughn or Steve Ray Vaughn or Albert King like crazy or this, that, but you know what? Oh, then he's playing with, uh, you know, like um, the band that used to be... What was that band you're going on the boat with? Oh, uh, uh, Blackfoot. 
Which, by the way, I, we found out was Metallica's like favorite band, right? Right. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Blackfoot. Yeah. Train. Oh, it's, it's a train. new band now called Two Wolf. It's some of the original members. But yeah. That's what, that's uh, that's like a yeah. boat cruise in uh, January or February or something. Hard Southern rock. Yeah. Heavy Southern rock. I'm about to say Blackfoot Southern rock. That's interesting. That. Yeah. yeah if you listen West to Coast it. San Francisco people were into that. I mean, it's not that weird, I guess. But think about it though. California people tend to be into California things. It's really weird though, like, like uh, I love California. I'm do, not trying to knock Californians. Do you ever hear music now that you're older and go, "Oh my God, I can you can more clearly see through the lines of." Oh, you mean the Metallica? Who they were listening reference. to? Okay, guys. Any music, like now when I'm older, I listen to something. I go, "Oh, that's blah blah blah." But when I was a kid, I thought, "Oh, that's just that band." Right. Now I get older, I'm like, "Oh, they were." That's just Van Halen. Okay, the song. So this is love. They're listening to the Varney or whatever that band that the, the can I get a witness right? You wouldn't have thought that when you were a kid, or right. I never thought. Oh, the drummer sounds like John Bonham. I just thought, you know, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. retranslation. Well, you of didn't the have the depth at that point to no, you know, right? The perception. Yeah, man. There's so uh, when Mark Letary was on this podcast, he was the fifth guest, was or something like that of this podcast. He's a badass. He's so great. He, he was is, pretty early on. Oh. He's it's one stupid. Of, amazing. He's it's one of the best for, guitar players and musicians on this whole planet. Absolutely. It's um, so weird. But, so we were talking about Metallica's Load and Reload right. record, and I, I, I can't think of the name of the album, but the he was saying that, that they were very obviously listening to this one Cure record, the one with Firewoman on... Uh, uh, the cult, you mean? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what's the Sonic name of that Temple. record? <laughs> You're the blame. Yeah, Sonic yeah. Temple record. Yeah. So, what Sonic Temple? Sonic, Sonic yeah, Temple yeah, yeah. with American Horse and all that. that and dude, I went back and listened to that, and I was like, I totally hear no that. way. And load and reload. One hundred percent. No way. Absolutely. I, I'm a. I, oh, wait, I'm Letiri, a fan of Latiri pointed that out. He did. It's so weird to think that he pointed that out. It's like that's really not. When did he fit that's that? That's right in his wheelhouse, man. That's so. Yeah, he just he just. He just listens to a lot of different stuff. Well, I mean, uh, 80s guitar rock is, is hey, something that he's into. I, I was in Dallas one time, and I called him, and I said, hey, man, will you come over and show me stuff? The dude, he was already had a Grammy, came to the hotel, met me in the lobby. I, I was drinking a lot of water, so I had a five-gallon bottle of water like fill up at like you know at the, the whole foods you know what i mean because i you know so it's sitting there and i'm checking in my bag and he meets me a lot you mean like one of those sparklets bpa joints? free yeah, right. by the way and i kick it and the five gallon thing broke in the lobby of the hotel <laughs> and there's five gallons of water ask him and it went Poo! it's just you've never seen five gallons of water in a hotel that's a lobby. lot of water dude it wow. just that's so much water <laughs> it just went <laughs> so much it went, water me and Lazier were there we looked like we were in the in the, the bottom of the ship with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio what's her name yeah, when he yeah. was trapped <laughs> in Titanic yeah, get, get me free <laughs> get me free the fiddlers the, the flute music <laughs> <laughs> Ben, uh, play a song. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, so, did, did that wash away the day's yeah, plans? Oh, no. or we he... went away. I grabbed my bag, I and mean, we got out of there. We went up to the room, and he uh, he he like showed me like some really cool like just it was just all chord inversions. I, I was trying that kind of stuff. You know? Dude, the funny thing about Mark is he he'll say like, "Oh man, you know I don't I don't know any of that jazz stuff." And then like you hear him play, and you're Bullshit. like, "Dude, it doesn't." I mean, I don't know if he can put names to everything or not. I'm sure he can do. You know, know some theory, but you hear him play, and you're like, the vocabulary is all there. Also, just look at who he's playing with. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Yeah, he he yeah, knows he's, all that. He's stuff. playing with the the stratosphere of musicians. Yeah, like the musicians that he 
builds his trio with. Right, right. His bass player is a good friend of mine and my literal favorite musician on the entire Amazing, planet. Yeah. He there he is uh I, he, I appreciate he, that. Thank you so much. He he plays <laughs> you're welcome. Uh you heard it here first. Um he plays so dumb too, but he is he's in the he's in the stratosphere. Yeah, well this is from a, 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 a grasp, genius too. A grasp of of theory right and and, and just like uh, who's, play, who's playing bass with Latari? wes stevenson man that's I, one of my oldest long-term friends yeah. well wes yeah, yeah it's, 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 I, wes does love you lance he's talked about we haven't talked about you in a minute but he talks about you all the time yeah we did a great record together me him and jameel byram yeah dude record. i've heard that record and that no shit, shit is banging because yeah, jameel is the shit too we did it in like four hours the, 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 those two dudes album. are those yeah. are dallas icons dude i don't trade seats with you <laughs> Man, how did I not know you? Sorry, were excuse me. I'm sorry. It was just Wes Stevenson. I no, no, no. I, I, dude, that's amazing, man. I, I, I love the fact that you guys know each other. Uh, the fact that we came here and it's like that's awesome. I, I didn't know. I didn't know you were here. I, you know, and, and we're definitely gonna again. We're gonna schedule. So we're gonna schedule one. We're, we'll make Ford sit over there on the couch. I will sit over there. Uh, we know, and we'll have to turn your you mic put, off. You know, <laughs> put it downstairs. <laughs> I, no, I'm just gonna stay downstairs. Say, I'll, just, I'll just give no, you no. some tacos. And you can sit say, I'll sit down and eat the rest of your food. You come down. I'll be like. Awesome. Of course, when Lance starts talking, the the GoPro app dies. No. Is there a red light on the camera? Yeah. Then you're good. You probably just have to restart the app. If it's recording, it won't stop if the app crashes. Or at least, uh, I don't think it will. Won't well, start it over again. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, welcome to Gear and, and Cut. You are listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Want to take your home cooking to the next level? Need new recipe ideas or meal inspiration? Like, follow, and subscribe to Bobby Jam's Kitchen on YouTube and Instagram. At Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. Uh, well, I think now we're headed into the, the whole thing of the fact that today is the anniversary of the death of Dimebag Daryl. Oh, that's right. Fuck you, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. That was a really hard day. It was a hard day. Dimebag was a really good friend of mine, personally. And, uh... I didn't... I I knew him, and I, you know, I put... You, I'm sure you know Mongo. Very, very well. Well, I was in Trace Ombres for several years, and I played many Halloween parties in Vinny's living room. Right. God, that's funny. And the first one that I ever, and I, I probably told this story before, but the first one that I ever played, uh, back then, I think it was probably about 2005, and I was driving my parents' old Suburban. It's a 93 Suburban, so wow. I could fit a fuckload of gear in there. Wow. Fill it up with gear. We drive it up Vinny's... Uh, driveway that really a really precarious the, driveway yeah. that's very steep and narrow right. and dark and so i get we get we load it up or load it in rather and i'm backing down the driveway because there's a bunch of cars up there and it's started to pour rain mm. so i'm already pissed because right. i'm gonna get soaking wet walking up that right. you know 200 yard driveway right right and i get 
all the way down. I hit the gate on the way. The gate's like three quarters oh of the gosh. way down. I hit the gate with my car. I'm like, great. I just scratched shit out of my car. I get all the way down to the bottom. And this is the first time I've ever been over here. And Dimebag opens the door, and him and three chicks and one dude jump into the back of my <laughs> Suburban, and he just yells, to the top of the hill! And so I obviously, underlay, underlay. I obviously immediately drove him up there, and I was listening to ZZ Top because we were about to play some, so I was like re- right. checking a solo out. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, ZZ Top, man. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And we get up to the top. And he's, uh, <laughs> Vinny had just had a tree planted in this little piece of grass that was like just before you get oh, to the entryway man. or whatever. You know, that little tiny little piece of yard. And he's yeah. like, he goes, hey, man, uh, man, it's pouring out there. Pull up, uh, pull up over there. Uh, drive over that piece of grass or whatever. And, I was, and, I was, and he's like, you know, drive over the glass. And I was like. I was like, man, I am not comfortable. I was, I was like, that's a brand new tree. I'm not. I'm not comfortable driving over a sapling that your brother just had planted. And he goes, Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Damn, I just reasoned with Dimebag Daryl. Oh my, <laughs> reasoning God. with Dimebag Daryl. That, that was the first time I ever met him. That was wow, incredible. he just jumped. Oh, my man. That. Oh, look at you. Welcome back to Gear and, and Whiskey bi- and Bisky. Bis- bisky. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers Is to this, you. Uh, Buff Trace? Yeah. Right on. Ooh, man. Yeah, that was a that was a fun night, and then man. we proceeded to play. Man, uh, Mongo's a complete idiot, but... Mongo. That band was fun when Mongo had his head out of his ass and was actually, like, playing and singing good. Yeah. Some of those ZZ Top... Like, we, we were doing shit like Precious and Grace. Oh, wow. And, you know... Uh, a little more popular, but still kind of underground. Yeah, right, right. ZZ Top stuff like uh, "Heard It on the." I mean, we we're doing all the hits, right, right. all of the hits. But uh, it's only love yeah, jam, and right uh, blue jean blues and yeah. heard it on the X and precious that's the gospel and Grace, of Texas blues rock and roll. Nasty and funky kings or uh, nasty, nasty dogs, dogs and, funky and funky kings. Right. Oh yeah, man, those are such badass songs. That's dude. the gospel, man. It's like. Nothing has ever sounded like that before or since. That's like one of the few instances, kind of, and Led Zeppelin's that way, in my opinion. It's like people want to say that Greta Van Fleet sounds like Led Zeppelin, but those people don't have any ears. Hey, yeah, donk, I'm not real sure about that. Donk. Donk. You can you know put what, on a, what, a leotard. Regardless and... of what you think about Greta Van Fleet or Led Zeppelin, they don't sound like each no, other. Right. They no. just don't. They just it's don't. just a stupid thing. And I'm glad you made that reference, Robert, because it is. It's like ZZ Top is like the Led Zeppelin of Texas. I mean, 100%. I've said that so many uh, times. I've known Billy since I was, you know, 16, grew up with him, was in a band with Billy Gibbons with Supersonic Blues Machine. We worked together, you know, extensively. And, uh, you know, it. And, and, you know, the thing about it is he has, he's so imaginative, and I think that's what it, Hendrix loved Gibbons so much. And I think that's that creativity, and I think – Everybody in this room is like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think all of us have that creativity, and and if, when it's just honed and nurtured, and I've seen Ford doing that in the last forty eight hours, I've seen him just in a writing frenzy mm-hmm. for for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on with Ford, but depression. Like <laughs> <laughs> he got a he, he has a proverbial wild total hair. complete. 
Suicidal depression. Lance unfortunately is beer with Ford Thurston. No, Lance is unfortunately stuck over there and and by himself on a couch with no ears. I'm loving this because his bedroom's so close to mine. I I feel like I'm getting a break from him right now. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear him snoring from my room. I'm kidding, actually. Uh, You don't know. I can't because I sleep with a rain machine next. I have tonight. I have tonight is so bad. From uh, Vibro King, remember the Vibro King app oh came my out? God, yeah, I used to use two of those things. <laughs> the three By the time 10, I was twenty four, I had full blown over the top tinnitus. I mean, you could lock me in a cell for one hundred fifty years; my ears are still. Dude, I've had it since sixteen. Yeah, like just in my right, right now. Ear, yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, now they're finding it's actually not in your ears at all; it's in your brain. Tinnitus is in your brain. That was all. It's all hogwash. Yeah. They're, they're so just your like, brain's. Yes, just it's, it's a neurological disorder that happens. Explains and they're, so they're, much. They're, they're trying to retrain things in Germany. They have these like techniques, like uh, somehow tricking your brain, and it gets rid of the ringing. Well, it's pretty that. wild. I need that so bad. Yeah. See, I I've always been worried about that. My dad, at an early age, because of Bugs Henderson. Oh God, yeah. Telling what a name. My dad, what a name. Bugs Henderson. Bugs, Bugs Henderson told my dad to tell me, and Jimmy Wallace too, yeah. told oh, my yeah. dad to tell me to wear earplugs when yeah, I play because. Neither one of those motherfuckers, Bugs could not hear, rest his soul, and Jimmy cannot hear. No. Who was the biggest right. advocate musician to tell you to protect your ears? Bugs Henderson. No, I mean like, uh, you know, like uh, you'd see on MTV back in the day. You'd see him in commercials. Like oh, that. I don't know. Kip Winger? No. <laughs> Todd Rundgren. Remember, he always used to say, protect your ears. Really? I, I don't even did that. Wow. Do you guys, have you guys heard any of his more recent stuff? No. Yeah. He's got a song called Buy My Tea mm-hmm. that is funky as hell. Really? It, it is a, I'm going to link that song. It is badass. No shit. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's essentially a funk song. You know, it's Todd Rundgren. So he's like, He's like uh, evaluating the the lay of the music industry. Oh, and he's wow, like, yeah. buy my oh. tea, buy a koozie. Uh, we got your souvenirs. Come get some something goodies. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, is, support your art. Right, right. Support your artist. If you like something, go out. And, it's essentially the message of the very song. smart guy. But it's also a badass track. No, oh, that's cool. And uh, Todd Rundgren. I. I, I if you want me to listen to your message, uh, it, the shit better groove. You know what I'm right. saying. Man. I don't care about your lyrics. Lyrics come second. If it doesn't feel good or sound good, you know or what's really weird though. Catchy melody. You know what though? You know, I used to like not even pay attention to lyrics. Oh, uh, me songs. neither. I, I used to like, listen days. to like a record and like not even. I would only be melody and absolutely the way it makes yeah, yeah. me feel. Now, as I get older, I'm really listening to the message. But however, it's really hard to come across a lyric that like. Okay, think about like I can't make you love me. Think about this. That song was written by a linebacker from the Cincinnati Bengals. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was one of the co-writers on that. And the, and the other writer was a writer that actually I don't, well, a woman I play with for years used to write songs with him. But yeah, he was a f- ex-professional NFL football player. Those lyrics. What was his, like what was his name? It's, it's, it's not about lyrics. It's about the how you magically get lucky and put the right words together that uh, that make uh, make you smell. It makes it visceral. It makes you smell the room that you used to be in, and makes you get that nostalgic feeling. Do you ever like hear something or it's see something, and you can smell, smell for me, for that, sure. like, or even like you feel exactly 
weirdly like you did when you were 12. You, you hear like, a song you for and a it's second. an instant s- it's like, smell It's thing. like mental Tourette's. Exactly you know, you're like, yeah. I feel exactly like I did this one day when I was 12 years old. What is it's that? It's very rare, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, did you ever see asthma? No. Uh, ASMR where your brain tingles. I have no, no, no. Look it up. Link that. Okay. On asthma. So <laughs> that's, that's, going, in, that's going in the show link. <laughs> no. There's this thing, right? So uh, my whole life, like someone, if they were, t- if you were talking to me like this right now, if you kept talking like this, it will make feel like my skull opens and like someone's ticking, tickling the inside of my brain with a feather. And then I'll sit there and it's weird. And then you'll stop talking and it'll go away. So this has happened my whole life. And I thought I was out of my mind. Whole life. And then four years ago, my buddy who plays drums for Brothers Osborne, I was telling him about it. We were hiking together. He goes, Adam? Adam Box. He goes, yeah. you have asthma. I'm like, what's that? He goes, dude, go on YouTube. And they have these really hot chicks that have like really big tits. And what they do is they sit there and they, they crinkle like tin foil. Like, cause I get it when people like crinkle paper together, they go, it'll make your brain go. And they, what they do is induce you to have it. And they're finding that some people can actually be induced to have it. It's pretty cool. It's like a brain orgasm. Is it boner. a pleasant a brain effect? orgasm is yeah. what it is. Oh, so it is a... It's a brain orgasm okay. is what it is. Yeah. So wow. ASM. Th- the way you were describing it to me did not sound pleasant. It, it but now not, that I'm, no, it didn't. I'm understanding. Yeah, I thought is. I was just like... People would look at me. I'd tell them like, over the years. Like, imagine being like, in 1994 telling somebody. He'd be like, maybe that's a brain tumor. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I meant to say back to the to, back to the tinnitus thing. Uh, yeah, right. Jack Pearson is oh, yeah. in an interview said that he quit the Allen Brothers because Dickie Betts played too, too loud. loud. Yeah, oh, oh, I, he was like, I just couldn't do it anymore. He was telling me about that. He told me that he's like, I ran through amp after amp, and I stacked I stacked Marshalls up, I stacked AC thirties up. I couldn't I couldn't hear myself, and it started hurting. Because Dickie ears. is just what timing? I just had Marshalls or whatever he plays with on stage. That's my Jack Pearson impression. And, Dick, and Dickie Betts, for the record, is still partying. <laughs> that guy is. He's wow. one of those. He's, Eat a he's, peach. he's the Southern <laughs> Keith Richards, bro. Yeah, he is the Southern Keith Richards, man. I mean, really? He's still doing it. All the other other motherfuckers are dead. Hey, it just goes to show you got to pickle yourself. That's how you do it, dude. <laughs> I don't think that I party that much, man. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of evidence uh, that would suggest that that is not necessarily. The case. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lance, uh, you know anything about partying? <laughs> What's up? About partying? Hey, yeah, how you doing? Like, what does that mean? I don't even remember that term. Never, never. You know, party. <laughs> the, uh, party I am party. currently at a party. Lance is retired from partying. This Lance, is what I would Lance is the party. only uh, person in the room not drinking this fine whiskey brought to you by... Anchor. 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 Brought to you by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Brought brought to you by Asmers. So, <laughs> so uh, back to Dimebag. I, I had... Uh, I played a concert in, uh, not a concert, but a show at a bar, Snowy Night in Pittsburgh, 1992. I'm a young boy. You really know how to set a stage for Thursday. It, it was. It was a snowy day. <laughs> so it looked like Stephen Lynch movie. You're cruising in on a dark road. And uh, I had this really David cool- David Lynch? David Lynch, not Stephen Lynch. Sorry. Yeah. St- Steve Lynch was the guitar player for Autograph. Turn up the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a thing on that guy. He's still around, man. He's like totally like all like. That's a fake. cool song. What's the name of that band? 
That was Autograph. By the way, Autograph opened for Van Halen, my older brother. Autograph. I don't want That's Def Leppard. That's Photograph. I that was, <laughs> that's the joke for. I didn't miss that. Right. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, right. I got it. <laughs> Thank you, Lance. You're so fast. And so, we found our show intro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Actually, Autograph opened for Van Halen on the 1984 tour, and uh, many people don't know this, but they did not get along with Van Halen. Van Halen did not like them all. In fact, they were like, they are so not cool. Then when I saw them, I was a little tiny kid. (laughs) (laughs) They are so not cool. (laughs) Dude. I get there. I'm like this this little kid, and my, my older brother took me and got me stoned. I was like, Dude, I was like 10 years old, stoned, and uh, got me on a trolley. He was my parental guy. My uh, brother do, was like- Do not recommend. My brother was 12, and got and we get, we get totally baked, and we go, and uh, we're all high. It's just like, you know, it's what you did back then, and living in Pittsburgh. We go to the concert, and uh, Autograph was playing. The fucking house lights were on. They left the house lights on, because they weren't, they just, we must have seen the, the second to last show or something like that. Autograph got kicked off the tour. And oh, you're saying with Van Halen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like a fuck you? It was like a fuck you. Like, I'm like, what? Why the, what? They were playing. It was like everyone's just walking around in an arena. Yeah. And then the music came on after they were done, and it was like the bassiest fucking music you've ever heard. You're like, it's like, right? And it was like Van Halen used to do that. They would like, they would do the mix in between bands. So basically, you need to be 14 so to be they quieter. So when this. they come on, it was like oh, clarity. Yeah. Like, wow, they sound right. amazing, you know? But, um, so oh, I, I see what you're saying. But the funny thing is, is that uh, I don't know if you know of a mental case here in Nashville. They make, uh, well, they, they shared a building with Third Power over in East Nashville for okay. years. The, this guy, he makes all the cases and stuff. His band picked up the leg of the tour for that. And he went up. So, and that, and I saw them, their record came out Who, on New Year's Day in 1984. Record? Van Halen. Oh, okay. 1984 came out on New Year's Day. That's their best record. I don't, I don't care if you it's, know it or not. I, it's fucking amazing. That's their best record. It's stupid. It That's is. one of the best records. Period. It's, yeah. It is over the top. That's one of the best records. It cha- it's a game changer. So that record came out. Autograph gets canned by April 7th was uh, when I saw them with uh, Van Halen. And by the way, I saw on uh, March 7th, one month prior, I saw Motley Crue open for Ozzy Osbourne. It was Motley Crue's first big tour on Shout of the Devil with Bark at the Moon. I saw that tour. Damn. Yeah. That's bad. That's crazy shit. Yeah, and I remember seeing Motley Crue, and me and my brother, we had really good seats, man. We This was before, like, you know, they'd sell the first 20 rows to some scalper. You just wait in line. You Whoever was there first got the good tickets. We had, like, fourth row seats or some shit. And I'm there, and, I mean, Tommy fucking Lee is where that mandolin is. You know what I mean? And I'm watching it. And, and he's spinning. He's, like, 19 years old. And you've never seen anyone play drums like that. And they look. Like, I, and and at that time, you thought they were possessed by the devil because that's what you were told. You know, they're, they're satanic. You know, play their like, records back. Like, oh, you'll see. This is scary. You know, I'm seeing it, but it was like so fucking badass, and it was so powerful. And then Ozzy came out, man, and just fucking crushed. It was unbelievable. And then, dude, Jakey Lee was a beast. Oh my god, he was a bad dude, man. Man, ho- yeah, I saw that. Just tour. because I feel like this might be a a fucking awesome answer. Coolest concert you've ever seen? Coolest Is concert? Is that it? Um, God, man. Uh, no, it's not. I could, and there's another reason because there's one show, and I'm not even a big fan of the band, 
But what they did with my buddy took me in 2005. Um, Jane's Addiction did a reunion tour. I remember that. And they got back together. Yeah. And I've never seen, and I know how they did this. You know how you go to a concert arena and you'll start noticing people start trinkling out here and there and maybe two songs for the encore because they can feel they get to their car earlier and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what they did? I'm that guy. They had naked girls with pasties on seesaws in every section of the arena. So there's like a girl in a cage here. And then right in front of me was a girl, two girls on seesaws with G-strings on with pasties with like, it looked like, you know, Betty Boop and whoever. Everywhere through the Betty arena. Boop. And they had girls spinning on these things on stage, all these naked women. And I look around and I see like these fathers that brought their 14-year-old sons <laughs> and, their 14-year-old, that, that, and they're going, that Dad, is this is the greatest concert I've so ever seen. So we now seen. know Fort Thurston's definition of coolest concert. Whatever, man. <laughs> I mean, coolest now, most musical is <laughs> yeah, a whole different yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. No, you nailed it. That's <laughs> Most musicals. What a about whole different... you, Lance? Yeah. I, my, the coolest concert I ever saw was um, definitely Starplex Amphitheater. I don't know what the hell they call it now. I think it's Gexa. But I will forever know it as the Starplex. Gexa. Uh, yes. Thank seen, you, by the way, because that's what I always call it. Right? That's what, I mean, if <laughs> it was grew, Starplex for like two decades. Right? Right. If you grew up in Dallas. Coca-Cola Starplex. Coca-Cola Starplex. Uh, my mother took me to the Star, Coca-Cola Starplex in 1990. Uh, to see B.B. King. Hell yeah. And unbeknownst to me, we get there to see B.B. King, and all these people are walking around the amphitheater, and they got these T-shirts on that have SRV on them. And I was going, what the fuck is SRV? I was like, what does that mean? Why does it... I had no clue who this person was. I just knew everybody in this at this concert, because we went to see B.B. King, and uh, B.B. came out and played, you know, early. And it was, and and he played, and and then the, the lights went down, and Q one hundred two was a rock station. I don't, yep. I don't know if you guys remember. I Q102. remember Q one hundred two. Hell yeah! So Q one hundred two TJ came out and introduced this guy Stevie Ray Vaughan, and we were down eleven. You were like, holy shit! And I'm this twelve year old kid oh, sitting there. Man. You said this was what? Nine, this was nine, This was three months before Stevie was was killed. Oh, oh no. wow! So this was right. This was in June. This Stevie is when he's like at his. You're talking about this is when he's at the top. About to say, yeah, he's at the height of his. I'm exposure. sorry, family he was literally style. Glowing when he came out, he was just like a ball of light. Lights, yeah, he's on. Yeah, he was just a ball of light, and it was. I was 12 years old. That's the 13 it, gauge strings, I think. No, he was on 11s then. At the end, there's your guy. Tell him he's on 11s. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end he was playing 11s. From I mean, I think that's what Renee Martinez was telling. That's him. way more reasonable. I think yeah. early on, though, he had the big boys on. No, there. he definitely. There's definitely a period where that's what he was doing. But I bet that was the height of his. Your cocaine. fingertips would look like these. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Where well, he was just like he had more energy, knew what to do with. He sweat most of it out, but some of it had to put on them thirteen gauges, uh, thirteen to yeah. fifty six or big whatever boy. the fuck. But he had really big hands. He had really big pants, and when he played chords, he used his pinky. But he didn't use his pinky when he would play solos. For ninety nine point nine percent of the time, that's so crazy. It that's is true. Super really? weird. He never used his pinky on. He used his pinky in almost every chord he would play, but not when he solo. It's really the weirdest fucking. I thing. never noticed that. So people talk about him not using his pinky when he plays, but they just, they're just talking about lead because any if you watch him play any chords, right. he's he's playing right. he's playing four note uh, right. jazz, you know, dominant voicing. Absolutely. Right. 
Well, I mean, thank huh? you for that shit. God, man, <laughs> yeah. like God, it was incredible. God. And to, to see BB and 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 Stevie Ray play together was, you know, and it was incredible. He, 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 that's awesome. He he spent yeah. a lot of time actually in Pittsburgh. Did did uh, one bring the other up? Yeah, Stevie brought BB. At, well, they went off for the encore and they rolled a little twin reverb out well, in the middle yeah. of the stage, and BB came out. And I will have to admit that you know Stevie was playing all his heavy, you know, his Stevie Ray Vaughan. And BB with the King with that one note, man, with the <laughs> vibrato, leveled everything. Really? Literally leveled. One note master. Everything. Yeah. The vibrato, it just was like. Can't hang. It was it was incredible. Stevie was playing a lot of all this fast, you know, his, his thing. And BB would just step up and just hit one note. And it was just like, oh, my and God. And it was man. probably a one or a five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah right. He'd just step up and just be like, Tonic! Right. Yeah, and it was yeah. Like, oh, I, I, right I like playing a five a lot. And everybody's like, oh my God, there's so much energy like in that, that one really note crazy. that is the key. It is really weird. Like, I, 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 that's, we were talking about that earlier. It's like, that's the kind of like, is it the app or the camera? No, the, now the camera has died. So, to all the listeners, <laughs> we're, we're just going to cut in a still of, <laughs> oh, <you're kidding laughs> at me. this point. Uh, we, we got half of him talking. What the hell, man? So apparently, my I guess my GoPro's dying. Deer and beer. So all this talk about BB King brings us to the final few questions here, and these are dumb questions. Thank God. And answer them however you want. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to handpick these. I'm not. I haven't rewritten any new questions. These are the same. I'm. Same I've asked always. everyone. Uh, and the first one is one that gets the same answer every time except for one time. Okay. And that is Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica. Care to elaborate? Um, hey, let me ask you this question. Singer for Megadeth just annoys me. Have you? Uh, his daughter's really hot, though. I'll tell you Have that. you listened <laughs> to much Megadeth? No, I just I just can't say the way he sings. I just I couldn't get into it. And Hetfield just like Hetfield, man, he was like badass. I like to go back to Ride the Lightning and stay my brain in that and Master Puppets. I challenge you to listen to very early Megadeth. The guitar playing is amazing. How about the songs? I think they're better. Really? Oh. I think they're smarter. Really? Okay. Maybe not as impactful. They certainly weren't. Well, then I will. I will get past the fact that I was force-fed shit by some record label with a lot of money advertising Metallica on me. Probably right. That MTV probably was more responsible because all I thought was like P cells. Who's buying? Was it P cells? Right. Yeah. Da 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 ding, 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 That right. And that's all I thought. No, what that's Countdown to Extinction. Is the name of that record. Okay, I can't remember. And it's a fantastic record, as is the follow-up record, Euthanasia, which those are their two huge 90s That's records. Right. I had no idea that you were a Megadeth fan. Oh, I'm a big... I love both, but... Uh so, Mar- Marty Friedman is... That's uh the two records you're... T- that, mm. The 90s era, that's Marty Friedman. Right. And the record right before Countdown, which is Rust in Peace, is Marty Friedman. But the three records before that are... Chris Poland. Oh, jeez. Who Chris Poland came back and played uh on the 2005 Megadeth record which was like three he three records in a row in the early 2000s. Dave 
Mustaine did not use any of the actual live band. He used studio musicians. And the 2005 record, which was uh, The System Has Failed, was Jimmy Lee Slose. Oh, wow. Jimmy Slose. Vinny Coluda. Wow. Chris Rodriguez has done like the last 20 years of Megadeth records. like background vocals. Background on background vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Wild, right? Isn't that crazy? I, I actually did see that before. Um, dude, uh, he's he's been on he's been on twenty years worth of Megadeth records. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah, anyway, I was on an airplane with 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 uh, the, the singer guy and uh, Dave Mustaine. Yeah, he has some really big feet. He had really big. He's also huge feet. He's big. also as good as any of the other guitar players. He can play band. like that. Uh, yeah, half of those solos are him. He can shred like that. He can shred like anybody. No way. Yes. I didn't know that. He was the lead guitar player in Metallica. Oh, I didn't know that. And then he was like a drunk idiot, and they Is got in a fight and kicked him out. Yeah, and he's the guy before Kirk. Yeah, I will say this. Hey, I he, think th- I. I'm just going to say this. I'm not. I'm not a Kirk Hammett fan. Uh, he's great at what he did. Just terrible he also sound. he also wrote their most popular song of all time. Yeah. See how that just um, worked. But I'm just. I'm well, hang on, hang sound. on. So I have a I have a note. So. Are you guys familiar with the Kill 'Em All Metallica record? Yes. Okay. There is a song on there called The Four Horsemen. Okay. If you listen to the first Megadeth record, mm-hmm. there is a song on it called Mechanics. It is the same song. Dave Mustaine wrote both songs, mm-hmm. kept all of the music, and rewrote the lyrics, and there's like a, no a tweet to the he was C like, part. He's just a big finger like, see you later. It was his song. Wow, there you go. He's like, I'm using this. Screw off. Dink, 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 doop, 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 That's doop, crazy. Doop, doop. But but the weird thing is during that whole thing though, um, around the same time I was telling you about the Van Halen thing, I got to go to the first Rising Force sound check. I don't know what that is. Ingve. Now imagine I'm 12 years old, never knew who he was, and this person that was friends with the family is like, hey, somebody comes out and starts shredding on some. Bronze. I was at sound check and he was at sound check. You know what he was playing the whole time. Brahms? No, he was playing Mean Street, the beginning of it. The Ingve oh. was sitting there playing Mean Street. And then he came out, and I saw it, and I was like, ooh, everyone else can. Because when he was like 18 or 19, he played with a certain thing that was like untouchable. I mean, now it's just kind of. Before he floated around in his ego. <laughs> yeah, it was like a parody of himself. But when he played, it was. Do you ever listen with Alcatraz and all that back in the day? It was like, oh, no. God, dude. Like, just. A it, band it's, called it's Alcatraz? It's testosterone. It's testosterone. Like, when you are 18 years old, like what he does even now, but when he did it then, it was like, you are not fucking around. I'm going to saw you to fucking half. That's why that guitar playing thing happened in Crossroads. They did that because they knew this is what we need to do. This is the new guitar right now. You know what I mean? So during that period of Metallica, it's like when that happened, you know, I would, I, I never really got into it, but I did enjoy listening to like the record marching out. I had a paper out and I'd listen to that. I'd listen to some Metallica, but then it would be like Jeff Beck. And then I would listen, like you know, Metallica was great, man. That yeah, they they you know stopped speaking to me so much after that Reload record yeah. when they tried to like reinvent themselves yeah. or whatever. They kind of lost when they started. They they tried to do the Primus thing where Primus with their fifth record, the Brown album, mm. they went for this super lo-fi like four microphones right. Right, right, thing. Right. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah, that was it was that such a departure same, from the clarity. Well, they were they the had. prison playing the right. Yeah, they had brain playing instead of mm-hmm. uh, Tim Alexander and 
I felt like that's what Metallica tried to do with Saint Anger, and it sounded that's like the, sounded, yeah. the snare drum was like it. somebody hitting an oil dr- empty oil drum with a piece of rebar. It was, rebar. It was the, just the worst sounds I'm, of all time. So, what's that. your second question? Yeah, my second question is, uh, <laughs> you will know it when I fucking get to it. <laughs> that's what the second question is brought to you by go fuck yourself and beer yes <laughs> this next question is brought to you by fuck off motherfucker um so Ooh-ah. i think i know the na- the the answer to this the next answer. question the, the answer, answer to, to the answer the, the answer to this x question okay. uh jazz or metal I would be more into jazz, I would say. I, but like, I'm not a big jazzer, though. You're but, not, but I think that, that, that suits you better than metal. Put it this metal. way: I listen to classic jazz. When I drive around my car. I listen to fucking. I listen. To That's because it has soul, and you have a you're you yeah, have a, I listen, a soul. I listen to some jazz today in my car driving around. So I did. But like metal, actually, me and me and Lance talked about putting together a metal. Yo, band. eat that mic for me. I can. Yeah, there you go. Play metal though. Like I, 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 I uh. I'm into metal. Like I used, to, I write. Me- I can write metal. Um, I was in a hard rock type band a few times in my life, and I do miss it because I like the actual simplicity of it. But I like the songwriting as- aspect of it. Like I loved like screaming for vengeance from Judas Priest. That was my shit, man. You know, I could get down with some of that. You know what I mean? Um, I like like tight band. It's well rehearsed. With, like even not even harmony solos, but two guitar players that double each other. And leads. That's the shit, man. When you both step on the wing and play tight. Oh, if they're it, killing it, yeah. Tight in unison. Yeah. You're going to get hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to hear and, that. And that's a, that creates a, like a really cool stereo image. Oh, too. it's badass, it's the, man. The nuance to each person's. People don't even think, like, there's a block that you think that wouldn't be cool. Why would it be uncool for both of you to play a worked out solo and perfectly double each other? Because it's going to sound massive. Wait, I need to take a quick gear and beer poll. Ford Thurston, do you know who the Thompson twins are? Yes. Okay, Lance Lopez, do you know who the Thompson twins Absolutely. are? Absolutely. Okay, because I have no idea. Uh, Thank you for not asking me. I already know because we know. went through it. Remember when we did that podcast? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That was the last time we had four people. We, Thompson twins came up, and it was Matt Krause and Boo Massey. Right. Uh, you know Boo. Uh, Lance, do you know Boo Massey? You know, I know who he is, and I can't cool. remember if I met Boo or not. I maybe. Well, he's my literal guitar hero okay. and one of my best buds. He was the first uh, guest on this podcast, That's amazing. and the entire reason, if I have good tone, that I have there good tone. Go. There you go. Um, Boo, my But anyway, for whatever, I don't know what we were talking Question about. Question three: Thompson Twins, Santa Claus is hey, coming to town. Th- you hold wait, me you now. You can boss me around on your podcast. <laughs> This is my podcast. I'm running out of battery. I'll do what I want. <laughs> I'm running out of battery. Which one of these questions do I even want to ask you? Who uses these picks? Uh, I do. Oh, my God. How do you use that thing? I use my fingers, usually. I can't believe you asked Ford that question because just the other night he looked at me like two days ago and said, we need to start a metal band. Yeah. True story. I was like, yeah. You were going to have to both grow your hair out. <laughs> I'm working on Dude, it. Dude, I'm going to shave my head bald. 
Yeah, last Big last beard. time I saw you, you had long hair. I cut it off. Uh, during, he's I cut it off it during the lockdown because I didn't know if I needed, had to go into combat mode. He's got the consensus <laughs> from the fans. All of his fans are up his grill. They're like, "You got to grow your hair back." Lance. Yeah, I went back to Texas and they were like, "This is not working." Lance came home and he said, "You know, Ford, I think I might have to grow my hair." Back. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly from the female. You know, fans. that's something. Something that you'd never hear like back in the day, like when Eddie Van Halen cut off his hair off, and like you know, after the nineteen eighty four record, no one's ever said. Eddie grew his hair longer because his fans told him to. You know? <laughs> hey, Lance, don't let me forget that. We need to take a picture of send to Wes before you leave. Yeah, before and after. Oh, um, yeah. We get, we're we're going to get pictures after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. Um, uh, so my next question, I think I know the answer to as well, and that's tacos or pizza? Oh. I'm, uh, <sighs> I want both. <laughs> <laughs> taco pizza. I'll eat pizza and tacos. Well, how about we'll go to CC's and we'll have a taco pizza. Oh, my God, dude. How could you? You can't put those together as an option. of. That's like a divorce. That's not going to happen. You know, like, that's like your opinion, dude, I'm man. from Pittsburgh, and we have like New York type. I think Pittsburgh has some of the best pizza. Fort Thurston. Five points pizza. Have you had it? You mean in town? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Imagine like when you're drunk on a Friday night and you get a pie from there and then you're like no i want a taco huh you know what i'm saying i don't know what if you get a Your slice tacos were what amazing. if you get a slice of cheese pizza that has a hard shell beef taco inside of it and it's wrapped up like that and that's a damn good time Ooh, that right sounds there, like a party that sounds who does this uh i just invented it as far as i know just now well, that's going to be in the restaurant that I'm putting the money up that I become 50 51% owner of. 50, yeah, you added that one on. You may as well just, 50, keep, on, you just keep on going to 100. You come up with the, all, the, all the concepts yourself. Yes. Um, live or session playing? Oh, live. Sessions are like cool and all that, but it's like, man, all you're doing is just fixing people's bullshit the whole time. It's like, and I'm creating. That's not necessarily. What if you're doing your own stuff? Oh, no, I love doing that for myself. And I, how about this? Okay, I got the answers. I, so, produ- I actually produce a lot of records not here in Nashville. I go out of town and do them. I get, that's really? why I do my work. I do. And that's fun because I have more control and I'm writing the songs most of the time too. So I'm basically making my vision, but I don't do it only by seeing it like how I'm going to make it, which is best for me. I like being able to look at people and dress them up in what they're supposed to be. Uh, you want to plug anything? I'll write it down. Sure. Actually, I have a song, and this is weird. There's an, uh, an older older uh, bunch of guys, and their song- Tears is, for Fears? It's Tears for Fears. Their, their song is actually- <laughs> Blood, and Tears? On like 300 country stations right Blood, now. Blood, Sweat, and Tears for Fears. Final answer. <laughs> what is this? Blood, Sweat, Fears, and- Blood, what? Sweat, and Tears for Fears. I love it. That's too much. I can't even understand. It's like, Tears for Fears. Blood, sweat, and tears, tears, and tears for, fears. for fears. And uh, no, and Ozzy, te- no more tears. tears. and queers. Ste- oh, I knew you were going there. See, see, did you see how I didn't do that and he did it? It's my I, podcast. I do what I want. I wanted to say it, but I didn't. But he saw that. Um, they're called Six Gun Sally, and the song's called Drunk Text. That's the song they have on country radio right now. And uh, we're going on, they have a radio tour for it's leaving in January. But Six Gun Sally, Drunk Text. Six Gun Sally, it's called Drunk Text. Yeah, it's just a simple country song. It sounds like uh, 90s country. It's kind of cool. So, for a long time, you worked for various different, like, pedal companies, mm-hmm. and you've, you you slinged, or slanged, mm-hmm. or slang, 
Slung. Or slung. Have slung. Slung. Uh, have slungeth Think. many much gear. Yes, yes. Over the days. All of that aside, mm-hmm. if, let's say I give you your, let's let's say, for instance, your 6330 and whatever amp you choose, if the only other thing you get is one pedal, what's that pedal? You got whatever guitar you want and whatever amp you want, but you only get one pedal. What's the pedal? If it's only one pedal, it, it, it's okay. You know what? I have the answer because I know the amp it's going to go with already, and I know that my original. Um, I got the, the longest I've ever owned amp when I moved here 15 years ago. Tom Bukovac sold me a 57 original Tweed Deluxe for like wow. next to nothing. And that amplifier is already loaded in a lot of 8K, as we know. The circuit has a lot of mid-range. So you're going to get heard. You crank that. That's the Don Felder sound of one of these nights in Hotel California. That's that sound. If I have that amp and I have a 335, it's still going to be a, an original Old Nobles. Because it doesn't matter to me that that pedal scoops on that circuit because the amp brings the mid-range back. Especially since the, the pedal's first. Hits the amp, then the amp brings back the mid-range, and Bob's your uncle. Nice. There you go. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. I really like that answer. Good. Um, Can got, I have a reverb pedal, though? Because it doesn't have reverb, and I need reverb. I've got, <laughs> on. I've got two. Post. Two, post mix me with that. Two remaining questions. Good. You skipped a bunch. Go ahead, I sorry. didn't. Okay. I didn't give you a number of questions. You don't know what I've done. No, I thought it was like top You don't 10. know my life. <laughs> Looking for your cards like David Letterman. <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> the second to final question is not a yes or no question. It is... Just a deep eye contact. And this is... I want this to be like off the top of your head. I don't want deliberation. Okay. You want, I want Bam. Instant. Yeah. I want you to tell me your three desert island records. Oh, my God. Okay. Bam. Right now. Okay. It's going to be right now. 1984. I agree with you. You said that Great earlier. Great record. 1984 is going to be in there. Okay. And I'm going to definitely go with, I'm going to say Wired from Jeff Beck. Mm, okay. I said that before. And um, this is going to get really weird. But um, I'm going to go way back. Sonic Temple, The Cult? No. Oh. <laughs> no. And you, you, know, you know what? Honest, honest God, boy. One I listen to all the Thompson time. Thompson Twins. As far as jazz, I say. <laughs> I, uh, kind of blue that covers the other okay i know i know it left like there, there's always only three. a solid choice whatever it yeah, doesn't matter solid. it's it's wired kind of blue 1984 it's almost oh, yeah. it's almost just like uh there's a my, one of my favorite chris stapleton songs and if i had written this song this question would be called what are you listening to yeah yeah um but Oh, those are great answers. I want the. I don't want the serious deliberation. If no. I have to, I, I just yeah, want to be know, taking too long because it's get... almost like a representation of what's yeah. what you've been listening to or what's at the top of your mind. Oh, I got you. Right. you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. So the final question, uh, we've briefly discussed them already, but this is called the King's Court. Okay, yeah, yeah. and you have to choose between Freddie. I knew he was going to do this. BB, Albert, or King. Zex, and, and oh. before we do this, Lance, yes, save your goddamn answer for your episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. honestly, I am gonna stand. I still. like Freddie King because he fucking did a lot of drugs and rock, and he looked like he was doing drugs while he did it. Not that I'm a drug head, but it just he was raw. 
Albert King, I really love his. Like, Woo! It was great. I love him. <laughs> you know, Matt, I mean, I know all of them a lot. I mean, I, I've had like the rarest records all through like, you know, years and years and years and years and years. But I, Freddie King kind of just. Isn't it really weird that like he's most, the coolest one? Of like, them. but like, like you listen to a lot of guys cool. now, and I'm hearing, I'm actually hearing a lot more Freddie King in these West Coaster bluesers and all that that I'm hearing. I mean, you hear the Albert King, but they do the most typical things that he does. But and, Freddie, and Freddie, very had, often the the Stevie Ray yes. like interpretations of. Albert King. Yes, 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 yeah, exactly. It's like third, fifth, ninth. Which people want to shit on that, but pff, kiss my ass. Right. One of you play Albert King like that. Right, right, right. I, I dare it's you. It's precise. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 like even like here, Lance here, like it, when he goes, he goes into that bag. It's like uh, a hybrid of it to where it's like even much way more precise than like even Albert was because it's grown upon over time. You know, I don't feel like Albert yeah. was very precise. I think that the coolest thing about him is how. Like he, what he he played like tune down a whole step or something. So the super slinky ass strings. God, it did sound. Which is how we get on crazy warm up. Did it sound when he would his? He totally turned the guitar. Am I off base here, Lance? No, absolutely not. He was tuned. I can hear what he sounds like when he tunes his guitar. C sharp. That's right. When he tunes his guitar, he goes. Think about the Albert King sound when he live tunes his guitar. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like when he when yeah. he first plays it, you're like, Ugh. and then yeah. he starts playing, you're like, oh. Freddie King has an amazing ability to yeah. like play completely out of time and yeah. still somehow in the pocket. Right? <laughs> it is. It's like it. It sounds like electrocution. It's like you hit him with it, and it's just like and you and you pull the the wire away, and then he plays something in time and in the pocket and then it's like you somebody's hitting them with the open wire again See, and it's just like a flutter of notes and they're, they're not in any particular cadence or like r- r- rhythm or anything that has to do with what else is happening right like i can't think like that i can't wrap my head around that kind of playing it's it's awesome mm-hmm. it's awesome but it like it's it's hard to like look at from like a, i mean it, a it, it's like it's like floating uh, okay because I'm like a jazz head, it's like floating the changes, like uh, Joe Henderson. You know what I'm talking about? Where like the shit is not exactly in time, or sometimes it's just straight up. No, or Mark Turner floats the changes. Yeah, you know, like around, yeah, it's think. just like this. It's yeah, but they're doing it in such a musical way that it's just it's just, just yeah, yeah. They're rolling around on a mattress. Yeah, I don't think that this is like thought about. I think this is no, just... and I don't think Joe or or Mark think about it. It's just something they do. I absolutely, Mark. Just because Mark is yeah, but they're a coming genius. from a, he's absolutely not thinking about that. Yeah, but they're coming from a standpoint where that's already part of the vocabulary. That shit is not part of Freddie King's vocabulary. I mean, there's so many jazz players that play v- like really great time. I think it's it. it it's no, just, what I'm saying is from from a harmonic standpoint, if they're floating the changes. It's, sorry, sorry. I I'm, I meant like rhythmically. Uh, floating the changes like they're playing changes and they might be generally lining up with where the chords are changing but rhythmically they are floating hmm. you see what i'm saying okay like and, and you told me that before about uh about albert right yeah yeah no freddie freddie my bad and i went and listened to it and i was like that's actually true i never realized it that is something hey, that it's, he does. it's wild but it's you don't so realize raw it because it's so full of power badass. though it's like hey, yeah. 
How much beer do you guys usually drink on this show? <laughs> a lot more than this. <laughs> Way more than this. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. This is my, <laughs> this this is my fourth beer. You ain't passionate. The, uh, I would say this, though, that you didn't even ask Lance. I actually, listening to blues, and even since back, I'm talking in like the early 90s, I was always into like my favorite guy. He knows this is... Uh, like I like like Hollywood Fats. I like those guys. They're more, like some. I like this like weird kind of like Munster, cunt, uh, uh, um, swing West Coast blues. I like those cats. Like I like an ES one seventy five with a low powered tweed twin with some reverb. Jump blues. I like jump blues. I like those cats. They got a little bit of chromaticism and the diminished thing. I like to me a fucking you, pop, like, a, you a, like a little bit of a jazz like a blues. pompadour those guys are like yeah not a little honey with those thing <laughs> they all sing like that right I like that shit you know, a lot that's really I'm really more into that when the blues side like I don't know it's just it's just more of a character to me like yeah. the Chicago blues things I, 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 I believe me I listen to the shit pal of it but I, I like the west coast sound for me for some reason I don't know what it is it's just more enjoyable it takes me somewhere like I was listening to Anson in front of her today and I was like you know uh, I knew who he, I knew Anson was uh, since back in 93 because uh, I met him in Memphis uh, at the or I was playing there and then we went to the King Biscuit Blues Festival and he had this like navy blue because bread from truck. Austin, Lance? Anson's from Dallas. And, it's from and Dallas. Fun fact: Anson is actually the basis for Beavis. <laughs> of course, Mike, yeah, Mike, he's the basis for what he looks. But Mike like. Judge was it just fun fact. I just wanted to. Yeah, because right, 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 you told me that's crazy. Mike Judge was Anson's bass player. Anyway, that's pretty amazing. But yeah, wow. I have Lyndon make a note about that for the next podcast. Yeah, <laughs> whether or not Lyndon is going to be here, Lance, we're going to podcast next Tuesday. You could get him on the phone. I bet. No, I'm I'm good for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, we're doing it next right, Tuesday. Let's do it, man. Hell yeah. Got it. I was, I'm Put booking it, it. So. Mike Judge. Did I answer the question? Yeah, I think. Yes. Was the answer you said, you said Freddie. Yeah. I would go with that. That's that is the the choice that most people make. Oh really? Oh wow. I didn't expect that. I expected a lot of BB. Really? And I have gotten some BB. But I expected a lot of BB. I Either loved, way. I loved how he bullshitted people and told them people he didn't know how to play chords. Who, BB? Yeah, that was bullshit. Everything yeah, I mean, he 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 was like a enterprising blues guitar player like mm-hmm. that man knew how to sell himself right, right, right. Oh, and i still use one of his quotes to this day which is like you don't pay me for the two hours i'm on stage you pay me for the other 22 right right <laughs> and if that's not the truest shit i've ever heard right, about right, right. this industry then i don't know what yeah, is we're, you know, we're professional waiters well, exactly all we do is wait 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 all day and everybody's like we only played for this like yeah Motherfucker. You must love your I job. I was on a tour like, bus that drove know. across the fucking country, got here and waited right. around, sat in fucking Carnage, blah, 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 blah. Did or this. the eight hours I was in the it airport. did nothing. I was just about to say. But you're I'm like, well, you be happy. Lately. It's like, dude, you, your whole life revolves around waiting. The half a mile sprint I did yeah. to the gate because of your bad routing. I remember one time I was playing a, a big arena gig in Boston. And the manager of the artist I was playing with was such a stickler. Always be like, be on time, be on time, be on time. That's pretty important. That's and we really were the opening stickler. band, but it was sold out. Uh, we were playing for a really big country artist. And we uh, he decided that on this gig he was going to take us since we were in Boston. We were going to go to a pier and get lobster rolls. The dumb motherfucker did not realize that the clock had changed back because we came out of Nashville. Like, So we lost an hour. So <laughs> And dude, we were late to fucking getting back to an arena show to go on to play. And he was the manager. <laughs> How about that shit? 
That crazy. Well, speaking of being late, <laughs> thanks to my guest this week, Ford Thurston. It's time to wrap it up. We've been hanging out for a very long time. There's leftovers in the uh We've in the got kitchen. tacos still remaining to eat. Uh, special guest, Mr. Lance Lopez, will right, be next right, week's right. podcast guest. As yeah, always, man. Lyndon McCarty, twisting and tweaking. Uh, Ford, thank you, man. Thank you, buddy. Enjoyed it. It's always fun hanging. Um, You guys got a great thing going here. This is amazing. Well, thanks again for coming, and we'll certainly have you back. And again, you could do this for hours and not cover everything. Absolutely, you could do days. There, everybody has so many different stories, and I just it's and just like the perspectives and like the different scenarios. So good for days. uh, That's what that's what we're doing. We're just trying to dive into that. So make sure you follow and subscribe. Instagram and YouTube at Gear and Beer Podcast. Ford Thurston, Lyndon McCarty, Lance Lopez. I'm Robert Miller. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Gear and Beer. And thanks for watching and send money. Peace. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Make sure and subscribe and turn on notifications for our channels. And if you haven't already, follow our Instagram and YouTube channels. We truly appreciate your support and ask that you please tell anyone you know whom you think might be interested in our podcast about gear and beer to help us grow and continue bringing in great guests from around the industry and beyond. Thanks again. And until the next episode.